Hi, this is Ruth. And this is Jeff. And this is Ruth and Jeff's DVD Binder Podcast. Alright, so this week we are going to be looking at Murder on the Orient Express, but the 1974 version of the film. Yes, not the 2017 or whatever year that was, Something like that, Kenneth Branagh. Yeah, and not the David Suchet version, which was, mm-hmm. I don't know when. But he is the best Poro. Like, I'm just going to say it now, calling we it We might as beginning. well just yeah. get it out of the out of yeah. the way. Yeah. He's for sure the best. Yeah, uh, there's no question. Uh, Kenneth Branagh, and I know you haven't seen I haven't actually seen, seen it, seen which is one. surprising. I'm a huge Agatha Christie fan, and I was very excited that it was coming out, and then I somehow managed to never see that specific mm-hmm. version. So. Yeah, no, it, it, it he is not good. I don't think. Which is unfortunate because I do like him as an actor. I love him as an actor. He's so great. He makes a great Hamlet. Yeah. Um, he's just too blonde or something. I don't know. <laughs> that's what that's how I say. And, and I don't know if it's David Suchet who, Suchet, yeah. who has uh, spoiled it for me or if it's mm-hmm. uh, Albert Finney. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, is I remember loving Albert Finney's performance. Yeah. But I don't think I'd seen any of David Suchet. Yeah. And Albert Finney is an excellent Poirot, and he's this Poirot in 1974. Yeah. Um, like, he is quite good, but yeah. David Suchet is just perfection as Poirot. A- apparently, Agatha Christie mm-hmm. uh, hated almost every adaptation made of her uh, books. Um, but it's like Alan Moore. Yeah, exactly. But she, uh, she, and Agatha Christie and Alan Moore actually—that would be an amazing premise for a comic. Oh, that'd be or a something very, like that where yeah. they solve crimes together. A, I would say like a mystery comic. So the, crimes, right? yeah, well, so, a mystery comic because it kind of yeah. taps both their genres. And they need both of them, right? They need yeah. Agatha Christie for the mystery side, and they need Alan Moore for the occult side. Yeah, which I mean, honestly, there's a bit of weird, creepy stuff that happens in some of her books too. So, oh man, okay, this is good. Yeah, well, this that's good. good. So that's I guess that's okay. the end of this. I guess that's the end. We have to go work on this now. <laughs> no, uh, apparently, so she hated almost every adaptation. Yeah. She actually liked this adaptation, oh. with one exception. Yeah, which was uh, Albert Finney. Oh, and the main reason is because she said in my books, uh, Poirot is supposed to have the most magnificent mustache in all of Europe, and Albert Finney did not. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So that's quite true. interesting. I mean, uh, Kenneth Branagh. Mm-hmm. If we're ranking mustaches, I would say that Kenneth Branagh's mustache is probably the most impressive yeah of the three of them because I mean, it's very it's extremely like bushy yes when bushy is great but there's poro's mustache is about precision mm-hmm. really and i think that's another reason mm-hmm. that i love suchet yeah. um i mean i just i love him like he's just yeah he's very good he, he's in other things like i think he does documentary narration okay. as well yeah. Um, oh, it's hard. I'm sure he, once he filled this role, just got stuck in it because he was too good at it, yeah. you know, which can happen. Now, I've just realized that possibly some of our listeners mm-hmm. are, um, aren't very familiar with, uh, with Agatha Christie, with mm-hmm. Poirot. Uh, maybe we should describe who yeah. Poirot is. Well, we should, yeah, we should sum up, we can sum up the film and describe, describe Poirot at the same time, I think. Um, Agatha Christie is a mystery writer, if you haven't picked that up yet. And Murder on the Orient Express is one of her most famous, um, like most known of her novels. And a lot of her novels, but not all of them, star this little Belgian detective. That's how she often describes him, named Hercule Poirot. Yeah. And he is... Um, very, very fastidious. Yeah, very, very. That's sort of his, his main f- yeah. characteristic. 
um, and uh, and fussy and uh, mm-hmm. and uh, like one of these guys who complains about things all the time. Yeah, but he often by being kind of fussy, people underestimate him and usually give him information they didn't realize they were giving him. Yeah, he's and not he's... like he doesn't endear people to him. No, but he. Uh, you know, he'd rather just be left alone, it seems like. Yeah. Though he often, though not again in Murder on the Orient Express, has a companion in Captain Arthur Hastings. I believe he's Arthur. Mm. And he often writes Poro's adventures. That's sort of his... He's, uh, he's like the Watson. He's the narrator a lot of the time. Yeah. So so he's that. How, how many Poro do you think you've read? I might have read all of them. In high school, I would get on a kick with a specific author, but no one quite as strong as Agatha Christie. And then I went to the most amazing book sale of all time at the U of T every year with my dad. And one year you could fill a plastic bag of books for $5. And I only filled it with Agatha Christie. So I think I may have over the course of my readings read all of them, but some of them I've read quite like more often. Like I actually had my copy of Murder on the Orient Express was called Murder in the Calais Coach. Yes. Um, and uh, it I've read it quite a bit. I would say the greatest, and if anyone here needs to read Agatha Christie, you should read The Murder of Roger Ackroyd because mm. it blows your mind the ending. I had never seen anything like it. But I just, I loved reading her because she had such hilarious and interesting ways of solving her crimes. Well, the first Agatha Christie novel I ever read was uh, in junior high, and it was, and then there were none, oh. which is a hor- horrifying. It's so scary. Uh, mystery novel. I find it still scary. Um, but uh, and I don't think I've actually ever read the book version of this. I've, oh. I've read not very much Agatha Christie, maybe just two or three. No, they're a fast read. But yeah. the reason we actually watched this one was because our son read his first Agatha Christie, which was this book. We made him read it. Yeah. <laughs> like I said, if you're going to read one, read this one. Because um, I have it in the library, and I lent out Murder of Roger Ackroyd, so I can't make him yeah. read that one. I think he maybe read the uh, graphic novel version of yes. that one, didn't he? No, he read the graphic novel of the Murder man of the and uh, the man in the brown suit and Murder on the Links. Okay. Yeah. So. You know, I just, anyways, I love all of that stuff. So, okay, yeah. so we've know, we know who Poro is. Yeah, so Poro is on a train. And he's on a train, and the train is a real train called the Orient Express, mm-hmm. which was, I guess, a famous... Yeah, uh, luxury trans, kind of... Trans, like, transcontinental, sort yeah. of, I think. Um, and in the in the movie, at least, um, and I guess we can just talk about the movie, I think the yeah. movie's quite accurate, from what I understand. Uh, from my memory of the book, it was quite good, and um, Elliot, who'd read it quite a bit more recently, was also feeling... Like it was accurate, but it's continued. Yeah, I mean, so the movie opens with, um, actually, it opens with a, a series of uh, newspaper clippings. Yeah. Um, and just sort of very short uh, video or yeah, movie clips of, of, yeah, yeah. vignettes of this black and white crime that's happening in a house. And people are getting bopped on the head and tied up. And, and a kid's getting kidnapped. And a kid is getting kidnapped. That's right. You can even see that. Yeah. Um, and that plays a really important role in in the overall uh, movie. Yeah, the plot. Yeah. Um, and it's actually based on a, uh, a real kidnapping that happened uh, in 1932, which was, was the it? kidnapping of the Lindenburg. The uh, Lindbergh. Lindbergh. Lindenburg yeah. is a cheese. Say, yeah. I, it, no, it's not a cheese. Lindbergh is a cheese. Lindenburg is, sounds oh. like Hindenburg, right? Hindenburg, yeah. So Lindbergh. <laughs> yeah, it's, Charles I think it's Lindbergh. Yeah, it's the Lindbergh baby. Yeah, Charles Lindbergh, who is this very famous pilot, uh, who, like, maybe he, like, did something really famous about 
like he flew across the, yeah, the Atlantic, Atlantic maybe? Was he maybe the first guy to no, fly I'm across not the actually Atlantic? Sure. Something Anyways, like that. it was a famous kidnapping. So this story is basically based on that concept of this baby being kidnapped for money and never returned. And it's very interesting because, uh, so the movie comes out in seven, 1974. Mm-hmm. Uh, the book comes out in 1934. The kidnapping happened in 1932. So she wrote which it right is after. really interesting. Like that's... that's um, it's kind of too soon. It's kind of too soon, but it's also kind of like it's it's interesting because that sort of stuff happens now, right? Where someone mm-hmm. will take something, it's, or it's it's like Law and Order, yeah, right? Like a Law real. and Order TV show, TV episode, and the case is something that's like kind of happened in the last couple of years, yeah. But it's just a thinly veiled fictional account, yeah. Well, and it's um, maybe a way for people like on at the time people were struggling to process, mm-hmm. and so maybe it was her way of processing it. Yeah. Anyways, he's on this train. This guy on the train gets murdered, and then you find out that the guy was under a pseudonym and actually was the the guy who orchestrated the kidnapping. And then so, but then the train gets stopped by a huge avalanche snowdrift situation, so it's stuck. And so Poirot has to figure out who on the train was the murderer. That is in a nutshell. Yeah, so we we did the first five minutes of the movie very, very slowly. (laughs) And then we we did the last uh, two hours in like Well, because I don't, you don't want to give too many details because it ruins it. We don't, I guess, I guess there, we should say spoiler alert just in case, Mm -hmm. but we will try to be kind of somewhat coy about, about what happens because it is a fun movie to watch if you've never seen it. And and spoiling a murder mystery is evil. It is pretty evil. Yeah. One time I have a friend (laughs) Uh, who told me about the death of someone in Harry Potter book wow, six. Wow, that's horrible. I can't I call even her believe... a friend because she did later become my wife and more than a friend. <laughs> At the time, we were just engaged. Uh, and so it wasn't it was, really that serious at that point. I guess like, it wasn't we, that serious. And I wasn't that committed, so I just thought, you know what, better wreck it for him and see if he still yeah, loves me. Uh, but... Anyways, all is forgiven, and and we've uh, we've figured it's things out. Since forgiven. Then. I mean, it does get brought up fairly frequently. Par- but... Partly, it's just a funny story. That's all. <laughs> I, you know, and I was in the middle of uh, reading it, and then I hear that you know Ruth's talking to her mom, and she's warning her about the person gets killed in Harry Potter six, and I'm like, Ruth, don't, don't, Ruth, I'm, I'm not, I haven't read that far yet, and Ruth's like, Jeff, I'm just talking to my mom. It's okay, and I'm like, no, and then she says it, but you know what? Our marriage survived. So. Our marriage survived. Actually, our think marriage happened. I so. think our marriage happened, and it survived, and only been stronger because of that. That's right. Um, so, uh, that's but we true will not. We're not. We're not married to you, listener. So we are not going to spoil this uh, this uh, movie for you if we can no. help it. We'll do our best. So, anyways, there are like twelve people on the on the train. Yeah, there's yeah, there's Something fourteen. Like that, or fourteen. Because there's the 12, there's 13, Poirot, and there's then there's 15. the uh, guy who kind of he's a co-owner of the train, um, and then there's a whole bunch of people on the train. And he gets Poirot. Poirot's not supposed to be on the train. That's an important thing, right? Because yes. it's all booked up. But then the owner of the train says, "Well, we're rearranging, and like that guy who has a cabin to himself can share it because I owe Poirot because Poirot must have solved some great crime for him. Who knows." Yeah, Poirot's so, like a very famous detective. That's the other thing maybe yeah. we should like. Yeah, everyone on the train knows him. Known. He's yeah. like a, you know, huge celebrity. Um, yeah. But so, yeah, so then he's on there and there's all these other people and they're all very different kinds of people. Right. There's people from different classes yeah. and there's like very like there's a royalty and all, all sorts of people yeah. um, that seem to have nothing to do with each other. 
and they're yeah. all on the train together. Well, and it is, it's a classic Agatha Christie in that she, the whole time, if you don't know the end, you're thinking to yourself, well, it could be them, but also it could totally not be yes. them. And you're, it could be anyone and no one. Yes. So you're kind of like, maybe it was none of them, maybe it was all of them, maybe it was this guy, maybe it was that guy, maybe it was, like, it's very confusing. And it is important, like, so the, the, guy, the guy's name who gets killed is uh, Racket. Ratchet, isn't Ratchet, it? Ratchet, yeah. Ratchet, yeah. Um, but then almost immediately after he is discovered, they find out that he was actually Cassetti, who is the the guy who orchestrated the, the kidnapping and murder of this uh, this kid. Um, so mm-hmm. is that right? That's right. Yep, right? that's right. Yep. So, anyways, um, so that as soon as that happens, things get very convoluted and and confusing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and there's all these different things going on that Poro's trying to sort out, and he's doing some of his cool tricks. Like, yeah. he he does like yeah he has a, science. It's <laughs> funny because like yeah he has he's not like um, Sherlock Holmes where he's like using all sorts of the latest. Uh, yeah techniques all the time a lot mm-hmm. of it has to do with just asking people the right question and yeah. using his little gray cells that's what yeah. he always references his brain as yeah his little gray cells yeah um and uh and yeah it's anyways it's, so it's it's a it's a great movie in terms of the the plot which we aren't going to go into more detail on i guess i don't think we should because i don't I think mean, we should i mean uh it gets solved at the end yeah <laughs> we do know and it is, i mean the thing is is because the train's uh, come to a complete stop the because of the snow there's this like big uh, mini avalanche that's happened kind of thing um, and they're waiting for another train to come through and and plow them out um, they don't what they don't want is the owner of the train is like I don't want this solved by the Yugoslavian police because then mm-hmm. my guests are gonna all be super yeah uh, people won't want to come on my train yeah, it's anymore. gonna look really bad for me um so then so he's like you have to solve it fast yeah and so it's almost like uh one of these what are they called locked room yeah mysteries yeah um and so the uh the whole i mean that's what makes the thing fun is that he's kind of up against a time limit uh and there's nothing else that can come onto the train right it's all everything yeah it's trapped kind of he has to be able to solve it there yeah so maybe we should talk about the m- movie itself and like what we thought about. Like, well, it, it's I do love famous people, right? It's, yeah, and that's the interesting thing about all the murder of the on the Orient Express, is that they're all stacked casts for their era. That's right. Yeah. Right, because Kenneth Branagh one was full of people. Kenneth Branagh's got Gil. No, no, doesn't have Gal Gadot. That's in. The, she's in the new one. She's in Death on the Nile, which may not come out now, thanks to Army Hammer being in it as well. But we'll see what happens with that. Yeah. Um. But but it is. It's a fully stacked cast, and this was like it had Sean Connery, Lauren Bacall, who's always great, Ingrid Bergman, who yeah. I always she mix won up an with. Academy Award for this one. Oh, she did, and yeah. I always mix her up with Ingmar Bergman, yeah. who's not at all related, right? I have no idea. He's I don't a think director. so. Yeah. And but. anyways, um. Yeah, who else? Vanessa Redgrave. Yeah, so great. Um, Jacqueline Bisset. Yeah. Uh, oh, Michael York also is really great in it. Um, mm-hmm. And I think I mostly just know him from the Austin Power movies, but um, <laughs> uh, no, Fair he's enough. great. Yeah, no, well, well done little movie. Like, just, like, very interesting cast. Sean Connery plays himself in his own true form because he's kind of he's a, a like, yeah, aggressive a misogynist. Misogynistic, <laughs> rom- like a romantic misogynist yeah yeah yeah, that's a very good description Um, for sure probably racist um but very like and yeah albert finney obviously is poro very good as well 
Um, so an excellent cast. Yeah, and it's, I mean, it's, it's all these Poirot movies are always fun to watch because they're so uh, uh, international, right? Mm-hmm. Cosmopolitan. Yeah. Right? And so, like, the movie opens after the video stuff. It's, I think it's in Istanbul. Mm-hmm. Uh, or something like that. Something like that. And it's, uh, you know, it's on the this big lake that's right on the edge of Istanbul. Does or it sea? Is, is it, it a sea? Is he, he, it's the, water. The little so, yeah, the little soldier guy who drops off Poro says what they're crossing. Is Bosphorus? Is that? Yes. Is that right? Something like that. Yeah. I, anyways, anyways, it's all cool, right? Because, yeah, because it's, it's just like traveled stuff that, you know, is sort of totally outside the... Uh, your common place that you're, yeah. you're you're in, and then they're on the Orient Express, right? And so they're going from yeah. Turkey to, I guess, England ultimately. Or well, something that's like the that, right? the long run is that they want to get to Calais in Calais, France, right. so they can do the crossing to England. That's yes. where they're heading. Yes. So cool. Um, so yeah, I mean, so it 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 does a great job, I think, of uh, displaying that mm-hmm. sort of opulence yeah well even when they're loading onto the train it's this amazing scene where they're also like they keep cutting to the chefs loading the food onto the train yes. and it gives you that feeling of oh this would be like i was like i would ride this train for that food like i was trying to figure out do you think that that was uh that part was because they were trying to show the difference between like the people who work for the for the, the well, and I think they also the were trying who... to show what a nice train it was to get on, and maybe that's why Poro had, couldn't get a seat or oh, something. Except I see. they also explained that no one usually travels that time of year. It's always there's always seats at that time, of, or there's always berths at that time of the year. So, like a theme mm-hmm. in the. Uh, I wonder if people can hear our dog snoring in the yeah. background. <laughs> it's insane how loud she's snoring. She's a very old she's, dog. She's having a great sleep, so that's yeah. nice. Um, the one, the one thing I was thinking is that, you know, a theme in the movie is about, like, the relationship between servants and masters. Yeah. Right? And, uh, and I mean, it's a very not uh, critical look at those. Yeah. Right? Like, servants and masters mm-hmm. are depicted in this as having positive relationship with, with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, but it's, it is interesting because it's the whole keep you know the movie keeps going back and forth between these people making the food and stuff like that and then the rich people getting onto the train and it's like those people are doing all this work in order to make the rich yeah. people's lives easier yeah right um uh not very violent nope right like the, the no it is it is creepier than i remembered though like it's not creepy for the most part but they just there's basically the very beginning opening stuff is actually kind of upsetting like Elliot was saying and then also there's one scene that's related to the murderer and the murder um that you're just kind of and it's right near the end where Poro's explaining what happened and you get to see the murderer committing their murder and like he or she is just it's just bleh. yeah 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 like, no, it's, it's, it's and dumb. you don't see anything gross that's the thing that's interesting no. is actually it's almost I remember in my film studies my one notorious film studies class the prof saying Things that are not seen are almost more upsetting or titillating or whatever than things that are seen. Yeah. He said, a good director can take something that you can't see and make it way more impactful than something yeah. you can see. I mean, it's not surprising in some ways that this is a 1970s movie. Yeah. Uh, you yeah. Know, the it 1970s feels like it. is just such a uh, golden age of mm-hmm. film. And, you know, like Godfather's coming out 
at this point. Yeah. Um, uh, Dog's Day Afternoon, I think, is also in the early 70s. Um, mm-hmm. And, like, this one, uh, you know, there's some things that feel 70s-ish as well. Yeah, but, but not... not uh, you know, on the whole, it's such a... The acting is so good, too. Mm-hmm. Like, Ingrid Bergman... Ingrid mm-hmm. Bergman yes. is so good. And she plays this character who's like a very uh, fragile, kind of broken uh, Swedish, Danish, Swedish nanny. Mi- mis- uh, missionary? Missionary, missionary. Missionary. Yeah. And uh, she's just, yeah, just so uh, the way that she speaks. Apparently, her scene is like she has one main scene in it. She has a bunch of other little minor scenes. And it's like a five minute, she talks for like five minutes straight. Mm-hmm. And the director said, let's just film all of it at the same time. And like she's going through all these different emotions during this scene. Mm-hmm. Um, Telling her history to yes, Poirot. Yes. And so, I mean, that's maybe people say that that's the reason she won the Academy Award f- for it. But mm-hmm. yeah, the acting is, is really strong in it. Um, mm-hmm. And it's really well cast. Yeah. yeah. It's um, an excellent. So. Yeah. So that's, I mean. I think it's a it's a really great movie. Yeah. Uh, do you think it's one that we would watch again? Well, I think when the kids get older, it's a great way to introduce them to Agatha Christie. Yeah. Um, but again, like I'm relieved that we only showed it to Elliot because even yes. he was creeped out. So. Yes. Yeah. So, we, we've been wondering about showing it to some of our younger kids, but yeah. Uh, but it was just not. Um, yeah. Not time. Not really for them. Yeah. And I mean, the other thing that that will be fun, I think, is mm-hmm. that. Uh, we've been watching a bunch of movies where there's like uh, remakes of them. So yeah. we, we did a bunch of the Disney movies where there was like the, the cartoon and then the live action cartoon Cinderella and then the live action one, which is also by Kenneth Branagh. Yeah. And he's um, did a good job. And then uh, we also did. Um, uh, did we do we Beauty did, and the Beast? We did no, Aladdin. We did, we did Aladdin, which was horrible. It was, you know what? Uh-huh. The interesting thing about Aladdin live action because I saw it, Steph got, my sister-in-law Steph got tickets to an advanced screening. And we both went in just being like, this is going to suck. And then we were like, oh, that was that was fine. Like, it wasn't, like, mind-blowing, but it was totally fine. But then if you watch the cartoon directly before you watch the live action, then you're like, oh, no, never mind. It's garbage. We can never watch this again. Which is so, partly because the cartoon is just very, very The cartoon good. is excellent. Yeah. That's So Aladdin is fine as long as you don't watch it near watching the cartoon. Yeah. But that's, I digress. That's off there. We um, so, anyways, this this one I think it will be interesting mm-hmm. having seen this yeah. sometime in the next little while to either watch yeah. the Suchet one or yeah. the Suchet. Yeah, I don't know. I think uh, that's how I and said it. Uh, and then or 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 the Kenneth Bernal one, which actually I'd like to watch. I, I remember because I did see it. Mm-hmm. I remember they changed some things at the end. Oh, that made it just like what they changed like, the murder. Like they were like, let's choose a different character. That'll be fun. No, I think oh, okay. they didn't change the murder, uh, but they they did like. Um, they just added some extra stuff that made it more like politically resonant or something, oh. which made it kind of lame because I think the thing is, yeah. is that the movie, if the movie just stands on its own, you can make whatever political re- resonant yeah. sort yeah. of connections that you want to. Yeah. Um, yeah. You're not supposed to change Agatha Christie. No, no. I we, mean, except for like change her racist titles. When yeah. Get rid of that stuff. So, right. Like get rid of that stuff. Yeah. Um, but, but it is the... Yeah, I'd be interested to see the Suchet again because I love this one. But if the Suchet ends up being better, which I think it maybe is, I would do a DVD swap. Oh. So I would keep Suchet. And not this one. And not this. Because we do, I haven't actually looked through them, but your great aunt 
gave us all of her old Agatha Christie, oh. like Miss Marple, Hercule Poirot collections. So it'd be worth checking it be. if it's in there. Because um, we haven't even watched most of them yet. Partly because Miss Marple, just as another Agatha Christie tip, Miss Marple is way creepier always. She's an old lady who also solves crimes. And she's like a... It's like a... Co- it's, it's cozy mysteries. Yeah. Like where it's in like a little... Co- little cottage uh, town. And then you find out that someone there is a total world. psychopath and you're terrified to yeah. sleep for a week. So Miss Marple, I never read afternoon because I can't read them in the afternoon or evenings or I can't sleep because um, they're often very scary. And same with the film adaptations. They're right. way scarier than Poro. Yeah. Poro is pretty fun. Just a little creepy sometimes. Yeah. So that's... Yeah, no, I mean, I, I think I would probably keep it even if the Suchet is good because oh, really? this is such a classic. I know, but if right? the Suchet is better, we don't need two copies. But it's not about, like, for me, it's not about the story. It's about, true. like, the fact that this is, like, a classic 1970s movie. Yeah. You know, yeah, and, it, and, it's, and well it's got cast. a bunch of actors. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, the the one with Suchet, I think, does have some sort of semi-famous mm-hmm. British actors. Yeah. But, you know, this is, like... Probably yeah. the only movie that our kids are ever going to see that has Vanessa Redgrave in yeah, it. Yeah, well, <laughs> Letters from Juliet, actually. Oh. Because it's in our DVD oh, binder. Oh, right. Oh. So. Man, that's funny. Yeah. Uh, At sort of the end of her acting career, I would say. Like, I guess I the kids would also after. watch, like, like I'd like the kids to see Hunt for Red October or... Um, League of Extraordinary League of Gentlemen. Extraordinary Gentlemen. No, but this does... And it's got Lauren Bacall, who's amazing. Lauren Bacall, so who's... Is she in anything... That we would have. I always associate her with the graduate. Is she in the graduate? I don't think so. She maybe did the the stage play of it. Isn't the graduate Mel Brooks's wife, Anne Richardson, or something like that? That might be correct. I think Lauren Bacall was in the stage version. Regardless, we're not going to show that to our kids. So actually, we don't have to worry. We'll play the Paul Simon album. Yeah. Well, Elliot does love that song. So I was trying to look it up right, like just because we've got it. She's in Key Largo, The Big Sleep. The mirror has two faces. Woman of the year. She did a bunch of voice work. I feel like in certain things our kids have seen animation. There go. We're just pulling her up. Animation. Um. She's parodied right in a Mary Melodies short, which I think I've seen that one. Okay, but she didn't actually do any voice work that they would know. No, I don't think so. Um. So. Oh well. Okay. Well, maybe. Maybe we can just show the kids, right? Like. Uh, everything that Lauren McCall was in. <laughs> well, regardless, I think maybe this might be better. So for now, regardless, we're keeping it. Yeah. And we can discuss it again if we find that we actually do have in that collection yeah. more yeah. Poros. So I think that, that works. I think that's oh, a good call. Apparently, okay, yeah. here we go. Lauren McCall did voices for Family Guy. Ah. And that's something we're for sure never showing the kids. That's so a, well, I don't know. It's, it's pretty bad. Pretty hilarious. Pretty bad. So. Um, she's okay, yes. Like, she, didn't she do a voice in Howl's Moving Castle? Isn't that her? Isn't yes. she the Witch of the Waste? Yes, yes. So our kids have actually seen something with Lauren Bacall. Yeah, Howl's Moving Castle. She's a Witch of the Waste. Very there interesting. There we go. I knew that there was something else. Nice one. And they do love the Witch of the Waste. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, well, good. Good. So I, okay, so we'll keep for now. Um, and if we want to get rid of it in the future, I'll just hide it. <laughs> That's great. And then That's a good solution. You, you can put it in your obvious. office with yeah, all the I other things. That's it. Jeff has a great way of keeping things, which is he always says, don't worry, I'll just put it in my office. And slowly his office just gets full of all sorts of special things. You'll thank me later. I, I'm sure I will thank you later for a DVD I could have bought for $5. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, okay. Well, thanks right. very much, everyone. Yeah. We'll see you next time.